Blog Talk Radio. powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power to black people. It's your brother, <clears throat> it's your brother, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, coming to you again on another Tuesday. It's good to be coming back, man. Had to take that um, much-needed hi- hiatus, spend time with the family and everything. We can't sometimes... We get real involved, and, and those things that's right in front of us go neglected. So it's good to spend a little time with the son and have that bonding moment. But it is so good. It feels wonderful to be back, to be able to address my brothers and sisters that's in the struggle, that are making those sacrifices, that are um, doing what they do for the advancement and empowerment of African people here. This is, you know, like I say every time that I'm on, this is your radio program. This show belongs to you. It's an opportunity to come with your views, opinions, critiques, and sometimes even criticisms. Um, and of how are we experiencing some technical difficulty? It seems as though we're experiencing some technical difficulties. Just give us about two minutes. We'll be right back. In the meantime, um, check out uh, our theme song. One time. Okay. It seems as though it's it's worked itself out. Okay. Here we go. All powers to the people. Um, all powers to the people. I apologize for the mishap. 
But to go right back into what I was saying, that, you know, going through the West End and um, having an opportunity, it's been a long time since I've been out on the streets of Atlanta. It, it was good. It felt good. But it started to remind me of the older days in the West End. And one of the things about the West End of Atlanta, and those of you that are not from Atlanta, the West End of Atlanta is more the cultural center, the cultural hub. It's where um, traditionally it has went down in the A when you talk about black activities. And not because on that whole side, not too far from the West End, you have the whole complex of HBCU, the historical black colleges and universities. All that is over there. So it's rich with tradition and history. <clears throat> you know, you got um, Imam Jamil's community down there, Orthodox, Muslim, Nation, Islam, is, it's well represented. And the African So that got me to thinking that with all of these components and all of these areas and avenues that we have covered from defense to health, why aren't the advances, why haven't we made what are at least what we could be perceived as tangible advancements, noticeable advancements? And it's from that thought grew the thought of unification, and if we're not unified, then how are we really moving? And if we're not moving, why not? And maybe it's because we haven't come to the same definition, same understanding, or even anywhere in the ballpark of a definition of movement that we all have embraced, at least in some aspect. I mean, it, you know, what is the movement? For different people, it's different things. I would perceive. I mean, what is the movement for the um, black Muslim? What is the movement for the just political black nationalists? Black nationalists. What about the black nationalists that staunch but also has political views of capitalism? What is the movement for this black person and that black person? What are we calling movement? Because if we don't know what we're defined, first of all, we don't know our movement. What we're looking for in the movement, then we don't know how to defy that and bring that and put that out with other people that somewhere in the discussion we may find that commonality. That thing that helps us to define movement as something that is all inclusive of African people here in America. See, without, so those are one of some of the questions. And one of the reasons why, because in defining the movement, if you can define a movement, does it make us are more open to infiltration from whoever the enemy may be, whomever the enemy may be. Now, you know what it is? From this white boy who is sending in these uh, handkerchief-head Negroes to infiltrate and, um, if not immobilize, to eradicate black positive, self-empowering, self-advancing movements, how do how are these people able to flip in there and if not directly as agents manipulate us enough to get us to begin to destroy one another? What are some of the techniques they use? I think that if we had a clear definition of movement or at least some guidelines and structures of movement, we would see those things that are counter-movement. we will begin to, you know, be able to have some type of standard to judge that. 
But without understanding, without the parameters of movement, I think that a lot of times we are so busy criticizing and belittling and uh, ridiculing other aspects of people's organizations and beliefs or whatever that we fail to come together to say, okay, despite those, what what is, we have to begin to build somewhere. So what is the thing that we can build on or is it just, fuck it, we're going to be enemies to the end? That type of thing. You have to, we have to know that. At the very least, it will save us a lot of time in playing games. At the very least. So what is the movement defined for you? How do you look at movement? And when you're talking about looking at movements, I would like to know how you judge the gain of your movement. What criteria do you use to see if this movement is um, gaining momentum or even still worth the effort and sacrifices put in that movement? For example, the civil rights movement. The civil rights was a movement. And out of the civil rights movement was birthed the black power movement. But the civil rights movement was birthed, birthed out of um, uh, the integrationist movement was birthed out of um, movements of, against Jim Crow abolitionists. When we were dealing with the abolitionists and running from slavery. So movements were always born wherever you find a people that were fight whose, whose freedom was taken from them, whose rights were taken from them. Wherever you find the free people, you'll find resistance in those free people, and that's what you found. And you have to remember, brothers and sisters, we weren't born slaves. You were not born a slave. Your people were not born slaves. There's no such place as slave land in Africa. But free Africans were enslaved. So there is naturally a resistance. Embedded, innate in the African DNA in man and woman over here. So movements were born when they slapped the first shackles on, the chains on, and that African pulled back with resistance. That movement was born, and we see as the movement intensifies, as the struggle intensifies, the movement should intensify. As the struggle changes faces, the movement begins to change the face to not only adapt to the to the changes of the struggle, not only adapt to the um, opposition or oppression or repression, but to begin to form that structure that will develop a mindset, tools to not just adapt, but to advance us. And we see it. We started running up north running towards our freedom, took a few lives in the process of that freedom movement, developing those historic figures, the Nat Turners, the mother Harriet Tubman, prophets, people of epic proportion and stature, biblical, I even say, biblical proportion and statues that I have heard prophet and prophetess attached to these names. These are very noble and, and blessed names in the ancestry of the African here in America. And so the struggle began to, the universe, the struggle, the revolutionary concept began to produce this type of dynamic man and woman. 
and as they ran slaves up to the north that could give, this was one type of movement. This was the Underground Railroad movement, the, 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 the flight movement, looking for that freedom movement. And as that movement gained momentum and began to deposit runaway slaves up north, ex-slaves up north, and the movement began to take another form and shape. See, it's evolution. It began to take another form and shape. And that form and shape became a abolitionist movement. You had story we started producing the likes of Frederick Douglass and Martin Delaney. It began to take very verbal, articulated, expressed view, showing a whole nother dynamic of the African and the African experience here in America, movement, our movement. We went from a people who were denied the right to read a book. We were denied the right to literacy to producing within 30, 20, 30, 40 years span, producing such characters with philosophical and oracle, uh, oratory, speaking, Hell. Speaking abilities outstanding, astonishing, from illiteracy to that type of verbalage, to that type of being able to move, to explain your story, and move the crowd to it. Another phenomenon in the African experience here in America, another phenomenon, how swiftly does this black man, this African, learn and adapt and be able to articulate his plight with such eloquence in a language that he that is not that he's not is not his native tongue. Just phenomenal. The black man and the black woman, you're phenomenal. So this is movement. And that movement began to give rise to the movement where you had some well meaning white folk. See, because they created movement, the tension. Every action has a reaction. There must be tension. That's the dialectic. It got to be that tension, that friction. Everything is moving on something else, creating this friction. So our movement is creating a movement that's creating another movement. And so that movement of black men and black women with such skill coming from those type of tragedies, relaying those type of stories, stirred a movement in uh, Europe, America, white America, that Christian forgiveness, all human. They spurred that debate about human rights, inalienable rights. See, we helped them get their government together. We moved that. We begin to have them question themselves about some of their policies and procedures. So it spurred another movement. And in spurring that movement and questioning their policies and procedures and what is right, what is not, due to this is what Bobby Shields talks about, seizing the time. 
due to the revolutionary political, I mean, the political climate and the disgruntlement of the African climate, yes, white people will use you. Ain't nothing free. Oh, you thought they were your friends. You're being used. But the African understood that, you know, some of us fell for the trap. Some of them became Uncle Tom's. But that African knew that they were being used. But in that they saw the advancement towards liberation step towards freedom. So they became, uh, they enlisted into their army. to fight for their freedom, to fight for their inclusion, to fight for these so-called concepts that they were being sold on. These are the movements in which way our movements have went and what they have led to and why we begin to choose some of the, the, the path that we choose. So we started facing from that after those wars and the so-called freedom, segregation, discrimination, Jim Crowism. All of these things to belittle and uh, deny us the right that we felt at that particular time, a decent human existence, the inalienable right that all humans are created equal. We bought into the preamble. We bought into the whole concept. Looking back now, it's easy to look at that movement, the inclusionist movement, the integrationist movement, the birth of the civil rights movement. We can look back with all the ridicule and laugh and point the finger and see all the flaws. It's easy when you have a book pointing them out. But when you're talking about looking at an African people from the context in which it was, a people who have been... Brought over here, the pride of their natural, any a natural understanding of them, everything stripped from them, culture, religion, you know the litany, but not only that, any semblance of womanhood and manhood, security or safety, when you can be bought and sold, and your children snatched out of your arms, black woman. And sold down the river when you can be, when you're just property. Literally, property, it destroys the sense of stability or security. You're talking about nation building. So these are the type of people that, you know, these are the type of things that were done to us. And these are what our ancestors faced. So when we begin the game, after being not senseless, Completely and totally unconscious. Completely and totally unconscious, divorced, severed from the ties of Mother Africa. So what do you look as what do you look at as successful, as it having made it, as civilized and refined? Because you've been cut off from the original civilized man and woman, from the original civilization, which is yourself. You've been cut off from that history. And before you paraded this perverse mockery 
of civilization. But this is what, what we had. So even in their separating us, segregating us, not separating, because I say separation is a willful act. Separation is when you as an African man and woman have decided to leave and you control the resources, the natural materials and everything in the area that you are. Segregation is when they had found a place to put you and control the resources, the import and export of material goods in and out of your community. So even faced with this social nightmare for segregation, we prospered and prospered well. A people devoid of any original sense of who they were took, not took, used, <coughs> excuse me, used what was forced on them. Used what was forced on them. And made that be successful and work. Excuse me, our throat schemes are here. Okay. So we're talking about a phenomenal, a phenomenal dynamic uh, being. And that's that African man and woman here that has went through the American experience. So we're talking about movements. So this is a, so during this movement, this integration and civil rights movement, we have to understand that our highest form of success, what we deem to be successful or having made it, is what our European uh, oppressors, our white oppressors, had paraded in front of us and had showed us what was civilized, like I said, after having the senses beat out of you and I, and this, and it being replaced with this garbage. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we did it, and we did it well. And we did it so well that in uh, Black Wall Street, was it Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, that this savage was so upset that he had to undo what you had done, outdid him in with the oppressive uh Oppressive society thinking, I don't know, what do you call this way that we behave, the way that we act, emulating them? This, But it isn't good for African people. Whatever, we took that and outdid you. So then the civil rights movement began to be born because we began to understand that, okay, realistically, I don't, we're not thinking about Africa. We're thinking about our here now and our futures. We have had veterans die for this country. This is, I'm just putting myself. Though I'm not, listen, don't jump on Yang. I don't want y'all blowing me up on about I'm all defending the civil rights. To an aspect that if I'm in the black power movement, then I have to acknowledge the civil rights movement, um, it being the mother, the womb that the black power movement came from. I mean, you can't deny that. So in that sense, but am I advocating it or pushing it? No, we're reviewing facts on it. And so... Those facts on it, so coming through, um, coming through that movement, there was, they were saying for that movement that 
we have contributed and participated so much in the makeup of this country because they begin to see they didn't want to see themselves as they didn't know what they were. But they knew, okay, they died in war, we'd be attacked, we have to we're subjugated to these laws. I'm forced to buy my resources from you and I have to come through the back door. This is not I don't want this. I want to be one of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's what they were saying. I don't want this. I want to be one of you. I want you to let me in. I want to sit at your counters. You know, I want little white boys and little black girls to play together in the red clays of Georgia. All that good stuff. That's what I want. I want to be you. I don't want to be a nigger. I'll be colored. I'll be a Negro. I'll be whatever. Just let me be one of you. This was, but, you know, this is what it was. And it was tried. And that was a movement. And a real movement. It had momentum. It had support. It had an ideology, a philosophy. It had a charismatic leadership. We're not just talking about Dr. King. Many people came out of that movement. If you, if those of you of us who are in Atlanta know the history, the Maynard Jacksons and the Andrew Youngs, the Jesses, you know, so a lot of people were birthed out of that movement, but also from that movement was birthed too. One of the leaders of SNCC, two of the leaders of SNCC, Brother Rap Brown and Brother Stokely Carmichael at that time. Became later became brother uh, Kwame Torre. Bad brothers produced from that. What they were up under the civil rights leader. They were SNCs, dude for nonviolent coordinating committee. They were nonviolent coordinating committee. They were hook, line, and sinker. They were part of the movement. Every movement is birthed somewhere. See, it wasn't about <clears throat> they're ridiculing the movement and not creating a complete not bringing into or ushering in another movement and having it evolve. So they knew we say the topic is what is the movement? They begin to understand and ask that question. What is the movement? Clearly the movement is much larger than our integrating, than our assimilating, than our begging for a citizenship or some type of right that the social climate of racism and bigotry and hatred toward the African men and women would not allow them to practice or have a spirit of brotherhood with me. I don't care how many laws you enact. The blood, the foundation, the energy that this country was built on won't allow that brotherhood, that spirit of cooperation between you and I. So at the very least, what has to be done, we say on their part, because we haven't been the aggressor. Y'all need to learn the spirits of uh, tolerance and go on about yourself and do your thing, and we got to do our thing, and we let the chip fall where it may, because y'all need to learn the spirit of tolerance and quit murdering us. Like Calvin Tony, the brother murdered in New Orleans. But then we got to learn the spirit of, listen, some fucking spirit. We got to learn the spirit of some fucking spirit. 
What is the movement to you? The movement, one of the aspects of the movement to me, the beauty of the movement, why I struggle is the day that I don't have to raise my young black sons to be fearful as fuck. To watch Popo, to watch this, to watch, because you could die. You don't want to teach them to be a root them, two them, third, I'll swing off every police, hate every pit. But I mean, yo, you got to teach them to survive. What is the movement? The movement, this is why I work hard in the movement and seek to find some structure within it, some guidelines within it, for our young black men and young black women, our African men and our African women. This is one of the aspects of the movement to me. You know, different people have different aspects. So that was one part of the movement. So the movement from the civil rights movement was birthed this black power movement. Black is beautiful, baby. Black, right on. Black power. What's happening, brother? What's happening, sister? What's happening, King? Marvin Gaye said, what's going on? James said, I'm black and I'm proud. It was all in the music. It was in the vibe. It was in the air. It was a whole nother movement, a whole nother era. It was another. It was the era of militancy. Black men defended themselves on the scene. Was birthed one of the baddest revolutionary movements. That is a real revolutionary movement that ushered in to me, to me in my studies when we talk about what is the movement. Ushered in not just a civil rights movement to fight for, begin to fight for the uh, rights of human rights and putting us on an international scale as revolutionaries, but ushered in the African here revolutionary movement was the Black Panther part of self defense. Yep, Chef Bobby Shields, Defense Minister UP New, 10 Point Platform Program, baby. Yes. Yes, one of the baddest. Not the only. We had Blah BLA. I mean, we had them out there. We got can't forget the brothers in prison that formed up initially under Revolutionary Understand Free Things. BGL Black Gorilla Family founded by our brother um National Field Marshal George Michael. I mean I mean uh George Jackson. See? So these movements you can tell when the movement is evolving and ushering into a new phase and beginning to create new energies because new components, new characters will emerge on the scene. Like I said, we went from Mother Queen, Mother Harriet Tubman, and the Prophet Nat Turner to where we started going through the Frederick Douglasses and the Martin Delaney's and then getting to the uh, Civil Rights Movement, the Integrationist Movement with... Um, the Dr. Kings and the Abernathy's and the likes, and from that, the black power movement being birthed and born. Now you had the black religious movement. You had Father Divine. You had the Nation Islam because you had the black church. You had the black religious movements already out there, the black religious groups out there, never really being part of a movement the nonviolence movement, the civil rights movement, gave a chance for the black clergy to hold hands with the white clergy. And the whole uh, civil rights brought in that whole religious element, the Christian element, the black Christian. It brought it in. And so 
then what ended up happening is with the birth of the black power movement. When you had the birth of the black power movement, the birth of the black power movement, that's when you brought in, even that's when you start seeing the black Muslims come in. But you look at the characters, it birthed one of our baddest, man. Brother Malcolm, Brother El Haj Malik Shabazz. I did Brother Malcolm. So that movement came and spawned. And a lot of us, Cubs, a lot of us around that age group, around the 40s and things of that nature, were spawned in that movement, whether you were directly affected or not, whether you were a Cub or not, whether you were directly affected, you were indirectly affected by the movement, by the era, by the music, by the clothes, by the dialect, the slang, the love given it. You were affected in the black community. So that was that movement. What is the movement for you? Because what we end up producing, which I like, which I like, but look where it's going, what we end up producing in our movement, you 40s, those of us who were produced by the Black Power Movement, 40 and up. 40 and up to about 70. 70 now probably products of the civil rights. Then you got that blend coming in between. What movement did we produce? Hip-hop movement. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am having a good time with you. Listen, it's your brother, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Mike's open, man. Push one if you want to come in on this, if you want to discuss what the movement is to you. This is the People's Radio. I'm just having a good time. I'm rapping to you. But, I mean, I'm laughing, but dead serious. Dead serious. We produce the hip-hop movement. And it wouldn't be, you know what, it would have been cool if we not only produce the movement, but like every movement, every movement, we allow our movements to be co-opted. Civil rights movement. Civil rights movement, we allow to be co-opted. We allow white people to come into the civil rights movement and say, you know what, you're asking for too much too fast. Why don't you slow down a little bit? Yeah, why don't you just get permission to fucking go in the building? You, why do you have to sit down? <laughs> you know. They don't. They they co-opt us, and we begin to. When they co-opt us, we begin to lose sight. They did it in the civil rights. That's what they did, and we went for that. Then in the black, we took it to the black power movement, and a lot of our groups, black nationalists, man, you know, pan Africanists, about about that whole movement was black was beautiful. It even inspired and birthed the back to Africa. A lot of what back to Africa had been around. But the reemergence of that, of Afrocentricity, you know, brothers was in their dashikis. It was wonderful. We allowed the white people to come and co-opt it in the name of revolutionary spirit, and the communists came in. And it was like, you know what? They're groovy. Smoke a little bud with them. Hang out with Johnny and Becky. And we began to lose sight. They co-opted. Love me some, love me some UEP. I know I'm having a lot of people upset about these statements. I'm making love some UEP, but in my opinion, and, my, and I'm entitled to my opinion as a revolutionary. I'm entitled to learn. See, when you're a revolutionary, you give your life up for the movement. We're saying, what is the movement? You give your life up for the movement. 
and giving you a life up for the movement means not just your physical, not just your tangible, not just your blood. We got to stop being so Rambo. But it's to give up your life lessons, your wisdoms, your wins, and your losses. And that was what Huey dedicated. So I learned from that. And one of the things I learned is I don't deal with them communists like that. I think that one of my my critiques and my criticism, my dear beloved Huey, and it's who you think you critique and criticize Huey, is not in that light, brother. Calm down. But when he start getting into that Marxist, Leninist, communist bullshit. When he start getting that Marxist, Leninist, communist bullshit. When he start talking about sending black men and black women to Vietnam to fight for the Vietnamese. I thought it became rhetoric, it became uh, fanciful, fantastical, and everything else that goes with it. It was unrealistic. It wasn't practical. It wasn't in the best interest of African people here fighting for independence. Now, when you talk about those programs, talk about that aspect of the black movement, the Black Panther Party that inspired those programs that taught you self-sufficiency, that taught you that you, black community, can have enough to sustain you, and not only to sustain you, but to advance you, to stabilize you and advance you, to put you on the map, to make you a a force to be acknowledged, at the very least, but definitely no not, but definitely don't want, they don't want the force that came with them, the Panthers became a force to be reckoned with. Having, knowing, praying that it never comes to that time, which is shit. In a lot of instances, they, they're killing us, so I can't say. But them knowing that that is what And ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we are having uh, technical difficulties. Whenever you just start talking about liberation and how to get that thing going, the for next thing you know, they want to start uh, messing with our technical uh, thing here. But in any case, um, hang on a moment. Uh, I was thinking about a lot of the stuff that the chairman was saying and, and about having a movement co-opted. And, and I think it happens a lot, even with Black Lives Matter. Now, I've seen some things that Black Lives Matter have done. Uh, I don't know if you guys were looking at um, uh, Facebook, but what I saw was they went to the attorney general's office and started demanding that these individuals tell them what was taking so long with the investigation into the shooting death of, uh, of, of one of our brothers. And um, I happen to also see that they went in front of the police officer's house the police officer that actually did the shooting, and he told him he won't have no comfort. You know, birthday party for your kids, you won't have that. You know, oh, you think you're going to shoot and kill our kids and then come back to your community and enjoy it. He made, I don't know how many of y'all saw that, as, I mean, but if you did, uh, that was real activism at work. And <clears throat> to actually see them in the attorney general's office banging on the door and telling them to open the door, they were already in the office itself. But you can see through the small windows of the office that they were hiding. The, the people who made the decisions were actually hiding uh, so that they didn't have to answer what he said. And then when one guy came out, he actually told him, he said, uh, you're blocking the door. He said, how am I blocking the door if you were able to get out? So my point is that there's some real um, activism going on. But when I see Black Lives Matter, they got on <clears throat> high heels and, 
and doing a march with uh, that looks like a, um, one of the parades that they have for individuals that are um, um, of a gay persuasion. Now, I don't have anything against gay people, but by the same token, it don't look real good for people who are trying to uh, – it doesn't look good, real good for people who are trying to show a, a firm and strong front in order to have to, uh, to, to, to get liberation and freedom. So it seems to me that whatever it is that they are involved in, they always seem to, if we allow them to become involved either behind the scenes or in front of the scenes, it just seems to me as though they seem to uh, take our movement into a softer position. And like uh, Brother Chairman was saying, he said, you know, um, when he was saying that uh, they, they tell me you want too much too fast, and that was a statement that was actually made by uh, President John F. Kennedy. Uh, he made that statement to uh, Martin Luther King. I see we got uh, a couple of people on here who want to ask some questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to 404-6529. Uh, Black Power, your that's, mic is that's open. That's me, Black Power. That's me. I'm on, I don't know how much longer I have this phone, to. so I'm trying to get a, a charge. My charge is jacked. There's a lot going on. But um, it's me, and I'm on, but go to oh, us. Yeah. Great, Brother Chairman. So um, you see where I was at with uh, uh, with the co-ops that you were, you were talking about being co-opted. You also have another call, uh, 470-1444, if you choose to take that at this time uh, um, or not, you, yeah, you know. Keep, yeah, because my battery, my battery is still low. Please do the same thing. So we'll take the, uh, yeah, let's take that call. Okay, 4704. One thing about being behind the enemy lines, oh, it's a big sick. You know what I'm saying? I wear it on my shoulders. I'm loud and proud, but at the same time, you know, you got to move carefully. Because if the man find out, I'm going to have a whole different kind of problem. Because it's a whole different kind of danger. You know what I mean? I know know, exactly. That's real. That's real. We got you. Yeah. I was on mute. That's real. Yeah, man. It's It's a... Huge, man, like, serious. No, go ahead. Well, what what I found out once um, I got locked up once, and uh, when the CO found out I was an activist, he said, these first four cells are sort of activists. And then he said, um, he said, you know, you know the mistake you made? He said, the mistake that you made was that you, you believe in direct action, and you can't come at these folks with direct action. So I, I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely understand what you're saying, sir. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I didn't realize uh, uh 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 last year uh last year you know the clan was uh getting crazy at Stone Mountain. You know some brothers had to go in that direction and and, and calm them down. You know what I'm saying? And the officer made a comment to me. <laughs> he say uh he said your people going to Stone Mountain, ain't it? I said them young people. 
them your people. <laughs> it shocked me because I didn't, I didn't even realize that, you know what I'm saying, it was, it was even anything that an officer had known. But, you know, obviously I move different, I talk different. You know what I'm saying? But it's noticeable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's noticeable. You... Yes. Go ahead, sister. I was in a, a, a fast food spot in the hood one time, and about six police came in there, and they were asking people. They said they were community improvement, and if anybody in there wanted to seek some improvement in their community to let them know, and these people got down there, and they giving their names, and every time I'm like, oh, my God. So the guy looked <laughs> at me. The cop looked at me and said, uh, do you, you know, do you, would you like to give us your name? And this, I said, no. And I turned around. You know, he put his hand on his gun because they know that you know. You know, yeah. I was nasty. Yep. I was kind of laughing, you know. And he put his hand on his gun. I said, yeah, they know. They know that you know. You right about that? They can look in your face. Yeah. And yeah, they know. Hey, they, they sent the they sent the Aryan Brotherhood down here one time. And as soon as he found out. You know what I'm saying? He was he was he was wigging out. He was he was trying to hang himself and everything. I had to stay away from him. I thought they was gonna come pick me up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, thought, I thought they was gonna come get me. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I don't know you, man. You know yeah, what I'm know, saying? Yeah, they know you know they know you know when you're on your business. You know. I they know you. when you know you know that's why like I said we were going back, that's why they tried to co op our movement, you said the right thing, Hakeem. They become very frightened, man. When you talk about black people, hell, they get they get frightened when we three or more walking down the street. So when you talk about black people coming together for a common goal, a common cause, and and united on that, solid on that, it strikes fear in their heart. So they have to hit us with the. That's why they have to. Um, interfere with our movements and take our movements from being a black nationalist movement, a movement empowering for the advancement of, the empowerment of, the better living of, the better conditioning of African people in America. And there's nothing wrong with saying that's what we're about. Not to the, not towards the. We don't. We don't wish harm on any other people. We're about building our people, like you're about building your people. Just because you come out, yeah. See, they have the luxury of having two faces. We don't have the luxury of having two faces. They Mm. got white supremacy Mm. is embedded and ingrained in the very fabric of America. White supremacy, white privilege, and white entitlement. It's the way they think. It's the way they act. It's what they do. It's how they behave. It's based on white entitlement, white privilege, and white supremacy. They don't view life the way we do as African people in America. So they can act all um, disgusted with white nationalism, with these these white supremacists. How dare they? They can say all of that because the very social construct of America guarantees you a certain privilege, a certain right being white. So you can come out and go against those people. Absolutely. I think they go. I, I think go they go against them because it because it reveals them. That's what, and they don't want to be revealed. Yeah. That's what yeah. I. Yeah. Mean. They don't. They don't. Yeah. Want it shows, to go it shows my neighbors. I'm just like Donald Trump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, they like to stay undercover. That way, when the time comes, because you got to know they waiting on the time, just like we waiting on the time. Exactly. 
You know what I'm saying? They waiting on it just like we waiting on it when the time comes. If you hit yep. you your hand the whole time, you know what I'm saying? You can be effective. Well, see, they, they know, too, that, you know, like you said, they, they talking about when the time comes. They understand about upsetting the apple cart. You know, Trump's upsetting the apple cart. Yeah. You know, he's doing too what they say, doing too much. But you know, but you know, they but they love what he what he's doing. They just they 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 just they just that's why he president because they doing he doing what they want to say. He he posting yeah. on this Twitter account what they want to what they want to post. Well, he attacking what he the people did, they want to attack. Yeah, well, what he did is he came in and he wasn't what they thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not anyone's puppet. He's not anyone's puppet, not any of them anyway. So the Republican Party, they couldn't control him. Shit, some of them scared of him. Yeah. They're absolutely terrified, you know. And all of this, because I don't want to get too far off topic, all of this has to go into when we look at the movement we're making for ourselves now. How does Trump's presidency factor into the direction of the movement that we're making for ourselves? And if we made the hip the hip hop movement as a young man uh, uh, nephew, you know I love mm-hmm. to know what direction. How the hell did it go in the direction that it is now with these niggas in wedding dresses and you know just latent deviant behavior? I ain't even talking about your sexual preference. Like I said, I ain't the moral police. I don't give a damn. I don't peep in niggas' windows. I don't care what you doing. I nigga, I don't listen. Yeah, but that's where it belongs. It belongs behind exactly. closed doors. I don't, I don't want to see exactly. it. Exactly. I don't, yeah, however you, yeah, you know, I ain't condoning this shit. I ain't saying, I'm just saying, bruh, I don't know nothing about all that. But when right. you're out here promoting a deviant, perverse, sick lifestyle, I mean, just fucking mentality. These niggas in wedding dresses. I seen one Facebook post that my, my guy had on a wedding dress with a gun barrel in his mouth, man. Word. Yeah. <laughs> what and message just, is know, that? Like <laughs> So when you get the message Yeah. So you getting this message of in the music and the whole culture that comes with it, demasculization, homosexuality, femininity for what's supposed to be masculine brothers, the the destruction of straight any type of semblance or any type of identifiable, identifiable mark. A black manhood. What a nigga say, you know, a brother can say, this is what a man, a man do. Any, all of that's being eroded. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, where's the movement going? Where's the, and this is a question not only us as older people have to ask ourselves, but have to impose this question on you younger people who are going to have to live with the outcome of participation or lack of participation in the development of African people. You can't sleep through this shit. You can't sleep through it. There's always going to be a movement. So if we don't have a resistance movement coming up, after this, we have to take it back to a resistance movement because after the Black Power Movement was born, we went into a Material, the hip-hop movement, which was our adaptation of the Black Power Movement with the likes of Rakim, 
uh, Eric B and Rakim, uh, uh, brand Nubians, intelligent hulam. I mean, just poor righteous teachers. The litany goes on and on. When it was KRS-One, Public Enemy, I mean, look, when it was that extension of the movement. Well, you know, the what I think that, you know, the next step, you know what I'm saying? You know, I just turned 24 this past weekend. The next step is, is, is from 24 to 18 and, 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 and what direction. That's what direction is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you know it, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take it's gonna it's 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 gonna take everybody like you know back in the day you know it was the village raising child yeah you know what I'm saying you know now it's like you know don't touch my but, damn child yeah but you know what a friend you know? <laughs> told me one time told me what village hmm you know what I'm saying it takes a village to raise a child but what village you know nowadays you know Hakeem we have to be frightened of the damn village. <laughs> you know, you can't oh. let everybody touch your child no more. I was like, yeah. they be telling you, don't touch my child, but now you literally have to say that to people. Yo, hey, 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 boy, don't <laughs> touch mine, because it's not the village ain't on the same thing. The roles of manhood and womanhood, those things that used to defy that, at least give us some semblance of that. See, I came up in an era, for me, when we talk about movements, I came up in an era where that was clearly defined. I came up with, I had great owners that were hard workers, that were, you know, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs and family men, and didn't play with spank your ass. He ain't your daddy. He's your uncle. He's your great uncle. And it's real. And it's real. And it's real. So I had these images, and then I had uncles. You know what I'm saying? So I had all of these. I had this semblance of what black manhood was. That's how you do. But now with that eroding, with I have that and the family ties not being as strong as they are, they used to be, with us being scattered all across, I look at my son and I say, in this movement, what is the movement to me? What aspect of the movement do I love? What do I struggle for? What do I put my all, my prayers, my sacrifice, my economic finance, my finances, my resources in the black movement struggle for is so that my son can at least feel comfortable, safe, secure, and certain in his African identity. That, you know, so that's, where, where are, where is, in there, you should be getting the brothers there now and then, man. Y'all get on one of them deep conversations. You know how brothers get deep. Y'all get on that coffee. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> get in one of them deep conversations or whatever. I don't get, play with them. If you give yeah. me any second, I'm going to put it on you. I don't play with them. I don't play with them. You know but what I'm saying? allow those conversations to be directed. Talk about your future. What you coming into. A lot of them brothers got babies. I see the homie, man. The homie be hitting me up, man. Big shout out to my homie, man, Robert. You know, no doubt. I know he got them babies. We looking at them, them babies, the future that we're laying out. And we have to give them a movement because if it doesn't move, it's dead. If you see something that ain't moving, get away from it quick. For they say you did it. Right, right. Get away from you it know. quick. Well, they say you did it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just add this. 
you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, just looking back at, uh, like, let's, we can look back on that time I went on a high-speed chase. You remember what my penalty was? I had to read the autobiography of Michael yeah. Max. <laughs> yeah. Are you not hitting yeah. the streets? Are the you street, not doing no on that? It's mandatory, but you got to look what family you came from. That's how we get in. Yeah, that's your penalty. Because if you knew Malcolm, if you've been reading Read the whole thing. I know it. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, you know who your uncle is, though. You steal the car. You get on high-speed chase. You read autobiography of Malcolm X. Word. You're going to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah. You have to. We have to because I'm showing that there were men that came before us. This is what we talk about movement again, that there were men that came before us that you're not going through a unique experience. You're going through what your uncle been through. I've been in them same shoes you at. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners on the phone who have been in them shoes, have been behind enemy lines, have been pushed to the brink, feel like it's no hope. My record's shot. I'm this. They're looking at me as a nigger. I wanted you to see that there are people who have been there and have risen to such statues of the likes of a Malcolm X. That's, awe-inspiring that's you know what i'm saying that's something that i knew where you was you was a gangster point blank point blank you was listen you were the subject of many prayer homie and i thought i was gangster. <laughs> you man for real yo i you had a thug praying well you know, I, yeah 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 and you, i look back and i i look back and i and i look at the age i'll be like man i know i was just I was running everybody crazy because I was, I was convinced I was grown. 13. Yeah, because you was a baby, right? And you were everybody's baby. In in our minds, not in your actions, though. Lord have mercy. But we thank God. So I wanted to give you that book, so that you would know that that's not that doesn't have to be your destiny. That doesn't have to be your fate. That you control that. That you can change that up. And I mean, you can go through such major extreme change. That is. Malcolm X, one of the reasons I love Malcolm is not just because of his knowledge, not just because he is a figure of the black power movement era, but because in Malcolm, in such a short period of time, in such a short span of life, we see the evolution of not just one man, but that he was a... Uh, uh, what is it? Macro, uh, macrocosm of a microcosm. No, microcosm of a macrocosm. I think I'm saying it right. He was the example smaller in comparison to the big man. Basically, we've seen his evolution from pimp hustler to religion as the black Muslim to going to an orthodox Islam to being this champion of not just black nationalism. Not just the African rights, which always remained first and foremost in Brother Malcolm's mind, but also understanding the need to evolve it from a civil rights fight to a human rights violation. Genius. And I wanted you to know that because that's what exists in our communities. Amongst every brother and sister out there, these babies contain and possess that genius. It's a part of their DNA. Can't deny it. So it's a, it's, it's like breathing. It's a part of them. It's natural, baby. It's what they do. But we have to create the institutions, i.e., the movement, to begin to foster and cultivate and develop that African dynamic 
in every boy and girl and every child and in developing that in the children it will touch aspects in us and begin to reestablish that connection into us to the movement those of us that have come into the movement seeing it done when i'm in jersey and we're working with our liberated young minds at lym project and i have particular ones that i love i hate to say you have your little favorites but you do i light up when i see the particular one and one is my little dude my guy right yeah right and it's my little guy and in introducing Black nationalism and black pride and black self-worth and black obligation, responsibility, and commitment to your community and, and the black nation as a whole in general, black people as a whole in general, in introducing this thought, this philosophy, this ideology, it reintroduces me to it and I reconnect with it again and I fall in love with Africans all over again. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing like oh, yeah. participating. We're doing Kwanzaa this year, man. I'm serious. I'll be, I'm, I'll be serious about that. We did it last year. They ain't quite know. But we did Kwanzaa in here last year. We're going to do it this year. It's just a fellowship. I, I ain't even going to put you on blast. I think you was around for the Kwanzaa song. I think you did the Kwanzaa song. Kwanzaa, I was. Kwanzaa, but I ain't gonna man, we're going to record it. Man, one thing I hey, know. Hell, that, I think you was a little dude singing Kwanzaa song, dude. I ain't going to put you I, I know it. I do. I know it. I think it's, it's in my heart. I know it. <laughs> yo, yo, but that's that's what's up. So it's that re, it's those type of things that reestablish. It's the individual things, those things that we take on, that we begin to uh, put into, ingrated into the fabric of our everyday society that begins to create the movement. That's a part of the movement. The movement is not an organization. I want us to stop these organizations, us, those of us that are in organizations. I really hope we begin to understand and comprehend that our organization is not the movement, but only a component, not even a component, just a piece of the movement. It should be a tool, an instrument, a vehicle, some lubricant to keep it moving, whatever takes it to move. That's what the organizations are about. Whatever keeps us moving, whatever keeps us advancing, whatever keeps us evolving. That's and you know, and you know, and you know, one thing, one thing, and you know, one thing about, uh, you know, I didn't stop, I didn't stop the prison war in here. You know what I'm saying? Just by pulling up, like we're influenced. You know what I'm saying? I move amongst everybody. You know what I'm saying? And and and, it, and it's like you know, it's like knowing like okay, we're not really gonna pick sides. I just don't want no no bloodshed. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes mm-hmm. people gotta brawl it out like a man, one on one. But all the extracurricular, yeah. you know, I always I always keep that to a minimum. It don't really happen around me. I don't allow it. They don't, I don't play it. Yeah. Now you gotta spread that. Now you gotta spread that seed to where. Your, your brothers pick that up and begin to emanate that character, that they don't play it and it, they don't want it around them. So if it spreads everywhere you go, you won't find it around. It's just about growing the hell up. You know what I'm saying? And then after growing up, learning, because part of growing up is learning conflict resolution, trying to resolve the conflict. I think we need to throw that, you know what, let's add that in the gumbo of movement. 
conflict resolution. When the conflicts arise between these organizations and members in the movement, we need to have some way, some standard or procedure that we don't need an official watching over us. We don't need a tribunal to go to and ask for permission. Just something that we should hold to, a higher moral code saying that these are the standards and procedures we will come to, we will agree to try to resolve the conflict. We will agree to conflict resolution. And it, it can even be if done. Even if it's, that's in the form of mediation. I'm sorry, go ahead. It can be done. It can, it can be done. Yeah, it, it can, can be, be done. done. But it can be done. Yeah. You know, it can be done. I think that... A lot of times the street tribes and in prison, a lot of times they show because a lot of us do it. A lot of us do it when we see that there is some type of need that it, it fulfills. And that well, is you the, know, I believe a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with respect. Uh, you got brothers who don't. Respect each other for no good reason at all. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's a difference when you watch this of brothers who already know me, this is the third, and me just walking into the room trying to get some brothers to calm down. I ain't, and they don't know. It's different without a, without your respect factor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without your influence. You know what I'm saying? No matter how big or small you are, how loud you get. You know, it'd it be, it be, it be a respect thing. So with these street tribes, with these street gangs, you know what I'm saying? You have, all, it, what it does, it gives them real disrespect on yeah. general principles. Yeah. On general you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Listen, Hakeem, I got somebody that's been holding for a minute. They've been holding okay, for like okay. a half an hour. I'm going to go to the line. I'm going to let them in. But I'm going to come back and repress the one thing again if you want to jump back in, nephew. All right, Black Power. All right, Black Power. Erico 404-7765. Your mic is open. Power to the people, Brother Yangle. Power to the people, Sister Kim. Um, I was listening to you ask what direction the movement has went in. In my opinion, since the 60s, the movement has been at a standstill. They put a bunch of token Negroes in front of us to lead us to believe that slavery had ended at that point. And we had all, you know, gained some type of recognition by the white people and the governmental system, and they some kind of way thought we were equal. Slavery has not been abolished, and it never will be unless we destroy it. One, we can start with the prison system and the juvenile system and all of this other stuff that they're using to um, enslave the minds of the people. The direction that it went in was passiveness and religion. We have a lot of militancy going on. I heard you all talking about Brother Malcolm. But this is one reason why Malcolm was killed and Martin was assassinated. I think people need to pay close attention to the things that was going on from history, I know people say we shouldn't keep going into history, but history is very important because we would not be able to untangle this web unless we know first and foremost what they have been doing and what is being still used against us. Slavery is blindfolded now. It has become a, I'm going to say, an extraterrestrial thing to our black people. They feel like it's not here. 
but your jobs, your schools, the educational um, criteria that they come up with, the judicial system, everything plays a big role in enslavement. So as far as the movement, I think the movement is at a standstill. We're, we, integration is one thing that destroyed us. Segregation, all of that stuff, Jim Crow, is still active. It's areas that we call sundown towns and places like that. We got areas in Atlanta. We can't even go outside of Georgia 400 without paying a toll fee because when we stop at the toll booth, they take a toll on how many niggas coming in the area. We got malls out here where black people are not even welcome. And I'm sure when you all went out in certain places like Newberry and things like that, y'all have encountered these type of things. So it's not that it's not still in existence. It's just that our people as a nation are not acknowledging it. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about the black people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was hearing you all speak about certain things. Another thing I think that has also blindfolded us is paganism. All of these holidays is crazy whether they were created by blacks or whites because they all reference some type of way of over like 16, maybe 17 billion of my people that's under rivers, mentalities has been destroyed, and some of them we can't even find. And they're still utilizing these same techniques today. I think we need to study the true meaning of when and why they created these things, whether it's coming from Christmas to Kwanzaa, because we all know Karenga was an ad. So I'm just being realistic. We need to think about a way to formate ourselves, and the only way to do that is, one, already recognize that we do have the resources. We have whatever we feel is financially fit because people think we don't. When we bring all of us together, we have the means to be able to start a nation. I never really hear people talking about just accumulating land. We got a hundred people we be on blog talk with in all these meetings while we haven't all given up a hundred dollars a piece and just went about some thousands of acres of land. And I wanna end this with saying that I learned a lot from the Panthers. I also know you cannot reach a person's mind unless you have already reached a stomach. So considering the programs has been hijacked and they're poisoning the foods, I think we also should be worried about what we're going to do and how we're going to feed and provide our people through whatever processes we're taking until we reach change in their minds in order to gain revolution. Mm. So those are just some of the things I wanted to add, and I really appreciate you allowing me to speak and power to all oppressed people. Power to all oppressed people. Uh, We appreciate the uh, input, you know, and and, and to address a few things that I think this when we're talking about movement, and that's absolutely right. Some of the areas that have been neglected, and you took it all the way back to the civil rights. Yeah, the integration killed us. And it, what integration did, and even before integration, I'm going to say even before integration, it was having the senses knocked out of us completely and totally. totally. Us losing any, any type of um, um, resemblance not just in the physical feature, but I'm talking about resemblance socially or culturally to and politically to Africa was beat out of us. And so an element was introduced that stayed with us and carried with us, whether it was through uh, the, the integrationist movement, black power movement, now the what we call the hip-hop movement, I don't know what we call it, our movement we contributed to, was capitalism, materialism. That is a very real evil for black people. Not only is it just 
a political nightmare. I mean, a social construct nightmare because it divides you into classes. I don't care what color you are, but it is an ancestral nightmare to African people built based because of what capitalist America was based on, and that's the blood, the anguish, the pain, the hurt, and the misery of your ancestors, of your people. So it is an inherent evil for African people, yet we're forced to practice it, and some of us quite well. And we brought it into, it always stayed with us, and it began to, in our movement, you know, because that uh, political ideology, uh, what we separated on, uh, not just our cultural understanding, not just wearing the Daishis and what part, Nigeria, Zululand, uh, not those, but what we agree on philosophically, politically, how we're going to live the cultural norm in our community went neglected, that the cultural norm, the dominating factor became materialism. And we went from, like in our hip-hop era, I'll start there, where we went from talking about stacking money. Eric B. and Rakim said, thinking of a master plan. You know, he's trying to get money inside his hand. You know, uh, fold money. Get that paper. Get your weight up. We went from that to balling. Make it rain to frivolousness and excesses and debauchery and gluttony and just more and more and more. And when you're demanding more of this, who is the producer of it? Your enemy. We begin to take a steady diet, European immorality and sickness and wickedness and disease, and we wanted more and more. And they begin to telefit it for us. They kept us in chains. They just made the chains gold. They started putting states on big buffoonery. They they custom, customized it for it. They made Jesus' piece with diamonds in it. The Jacob the jeweler. All this bullshit. So that movement that we started to leave them began to, was worse than the integrationist movement. It's worse than the civil rights movement. It's worse than the debauchery, or not the debauchery, the failed attempts of the black power movement when we allow religion to infiltrate it. We're giving a worse one because we're giving them complete and total immorality and debauchery. That's our movement. Feel-good movement. We gave the hip-hop, not me, we gave the hip-hop movement, but we haven't structured enough for our younger people to come up They've been, they're putting out, they've been given the feel-good movement. No judgment movement, no critique, do what you want to do, it feel good, it's all right, it's my life, it's how I live it. The movement of no accountability, responsibility, obligation to African people. Get it how you live, player. I got to get mine, you got to get yours. Back in the day, we would call that Thomism. Didn't we? Isn't that what we used to call Uncle Tom? Now, I got to get mine play. I'm up on the master's here. He got these dot. I got. We'd be like, Uncle Tom ass nigga. Come out here with the field niggas. Now, that type of behavior is celebrated, even rewarded. Shucking and jeffing, cooning, buck dancing. I don't care if you're not doing it for If you're doing it in front of the world, you're still doing it. This is the movement they got that you can be bought and sold your integrity 
your manhood or your womanhood, your morals, your principles can be had for a few diamonds, a gold chain, a nice car, maybe a watch. When it's throwing the watch, throwing the watch, give the guy the watch. You're going to do what with a dog? Yeah, give the nigga the watch. The perversity. So we find ourselves, the movement being that, a movement of lower desires, not higher elevation. And you find it in the in the so-called black nationalist community. Capitalism, materialism, debauchery, sicknesses and perversities. You find it in so-called masquerading because in that you can do anything you want to do. We had the resurgence of the black power movement again. Oh, well, we tickled. And we produced some greats in that. One of the outstanding proponents, champions, heroes, stoic figures of our, of that movement, of that development, of the rebirth of the black power movement, which a lot of us have, were a part of and are still a part of, was Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. Remember what I said earlier? A movement is judged by the characters that it produced, you remember? We were talking about the dynamic Huey, the Malcolms, the Bobbies. We knew a movement had been rebirthed and reborn, had reemerged. Amongst the masses, when the universe graced us and blessed us with the likes of a man, a Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. Oh, smack, the movement was rebirthed. And like anything, though, unfortunately, when those charismatic figures are taken, see, because when Dr. Khalid, a lot of the foolishness we see in now wasn't around when Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad was around. Some of them Negroes you see talking now wasn't saying a word when Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad was I there? Did I run with him? No, I'm not. I'm not the biggest. I'm not gonna sit there and put on a front like I was up under him like that. I was in the movement awed by his presence, looking on as not, and I'm not knocking anybody that was under him like that. I think that's good. You know, you got those wisdoms. But I wasn't coming from that. I wasn't coming as an old student, as someone spellbound. I was coming as a black man looking, thinking that all black men are full of shit, that all black men at some point in time, even in this game, are about to hustle. What's this brother really about? Is he about to black? And in my looking, in my scrutinizing eyes with my little self, like I had some, <laughs> like I really, should have been scrutinized anyone, let alone the likes of such a brilliant, dynamic man. But in my scrutinizing, I found the man to be a man of impeccable character. From what I can see, now I didn't know Google and peep through his window, but from what was presented to impeccable man, hey, a man's man. So a lot of what we see going on in this so-called movement didn't exist because you had a checkpoint. And after the untimely, unfortunate Passing of our beautiful general His transition Going back to the Egon Those beautiful ancestors Giving giving us His wisdom and strength from that perspective In that part of the game, the other side It's all good, still can use college stuff Call on him, he's alright We find When that checkpoint was gone And taken from us 
the direction, the various paths the movement began to take, and it became a mockery. It began to become a joke, a carnival, a festival of the most colorful characters paraded in front of us. Is this what the movement is? And those of us that have been around only shake our head. We get on the Facebook and we look and we see all you wonderful, sincere new people coming in, idolizing, practically, basically worshiping these figures that we've been around. And we realize that where the movement has went, especially with the thing of social media. But what structures are we setting up to put in place? My mouth is closer to my ears than anything I say, so I'm even talking about our programs that we set up. Are there programs to ensure the continuance, the stability, the building of a structure for African people here in America to gain their independence and self-sufficiency? Or are they just things to us? to ease our conscience, to assuage the guilt of having a little while brothers and sisters have none? Are they empowering instruments and tools? What are the aims and the objectives of this movement? We've seen movements come and movements go. We've seen their aims. We've seen their objectives. We've seen the outcomes of their aims and objectives. And we spend the time Like you said, you have to study history to know where you're going, but you can't get stuck in history. We spend the time criticizing the past that we haven't taken the time to build a future. What are we leaving? The next generation of liberators and empowers amongst our community to work with, are we leaving any building blocks? I'm not even talking about building the structure, but are we leaving the material? Or we can't leave the material? Well, damn, can we at the very least leave a blueprint? That's all I'm asking. Are we going to allow them and leave them to wander all alone in the cold? Not knowing This is what we have to ask ourselves I'm sorry, trying to multitask This is what we have to ask ourselves At the very least, can we leave a blueprint for them to follow So this is what the movement has to begin to formulize It can't just be something to feel good Though it feels good Feels good to be black, feels good to be African, feels good to know it, feels good to love my people, feels wonderful, but it can't just be to feel good, because to feel good at the moment means I must be feeling good every other time. Just as you may have to come in, this phone is beeping, I'm going to try to jump back on the other line. So we want to create that thing that not only feels good at this time, but produces, not only makes us feel good and produce those wonderful feelings, but produce the wonderful feeling of a bright 
and a positive, successful, prosperous future for African people in America. That's what the movement's about. It's about that movement. It's about heading in that direction. We are moving, baby. We're getting it in. Sense of direction. A sense of purpose. A destiny. But it has to, we first have to ask, what is the movement and are we in the movement? Dig. Are you in the movement? Are you going counter to the movement? See, if you don't know what the movement is, you don't know if you're going with the current. You'll be so twisted in the movement. You'll be going against the crowd, and you'll holler out, look at all them fools. <laughs> you're the only one going in the direction. you say, look at all these fools going in the wrong direction. You got to know what the movement is and its relatability to your life and to the life of the African brothers and sisters that you belong to. Justice, take over. I'm going to call in on my other line. Black power, sir. Black um, power. I think, uh, I think when we start talking about um, knowing uh, what the movement means to us, uh, I remember one of these um, these fake wannabe panthers asked me one time, why was I still a panther? And I thought that that was just so prolific because he had no idea of the methodology nor the movement in order to ask a question like that. And I said, I'm a panther because I'm a panther. Does does it not uh, dawn on individuals that in order to be a part of, of the movement, you have to be able to identify and define exactly who you are and what you're doing. And I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, it has to do with uh, to children. You know, uh, like uh, Brother Chairman was speaking about one of the little guys that he, he's become attached to or the little guys become attached to him. Uh, it's, it's amazing to see how he wants to be a panther. And he can't be no more than about nine or ten, how he wants to be a panther. He wants to do everything. Uh, a panther does. He wants to know everything, and 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 I think when we start, when when the chairman asks, "What is it we are leaving?" I think that once uh, we get a, one of the one of the babies like that, we have definitely let, left something. Uh, that's what our programs be about. In the meantime, we do have a phone call. We have three one three zero three four four. Your line is open. Black Power. Peace, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Oh, Black Power, sir. Um, you have a question or comment? I wanted to make a comment. Uh, as you know, in regards to the movement and where is it going, <laughs> I'm in my early 30s. Um, okay. I consider uh, John Henry Clark, you know, my spiritual father, you know, the person that has made me aware of a whole lot of things that I had never heard of or never known anything about. Um, I did spend a lot of time, I would say, probably about five years, six years, you know what I'm saying, seven, maybe seven, about seven years in the grassroots movement, you know, in the steady groups. In the, uh, I was with the Garvey guys. You know, I, I did my little time and and did things uh, in that movement. But the thing that you know that I want to say, like you said, where's the movement going? 
And, you know, I, I question a lot of things about it just for the simple fact that I think that it needs to be one, um, you know, one platform, you know, one um, one way of moving, and it also needs to be, be a moral, and it has to have a moral backing and have a a uh, conservative backing, a moral and a conservative backing, you know, like like I heard uh, the Black Authority say, you can't uh, want a better tomorrow, but still take part in gutter behavior. And you right. see a lot of people today in the in the so-called conscious community, in a lot of these circles, a lot of these groups, that say they're the five percent, or say that they're the the poor righteous teachers and the people that's you know that's going to be the, the t- tomorrow for the people, but still taking part in gutter activity and gutter. Mentality, you know what I'm saying, and it's and it's confusing, you know. It's yes, confusing, you, you you know. It's to me, well, it's like like I said. No, but go ahead, brother. I'm listening. I'm listening. Well, well, no, it's just you know, like I said, it's the people I dealt with and seen. You know, they have fallen off. People that you know had the urban gardens, and then when the economy got better, went back to working nine to five, forty hour work weeks, and that fell off. So then it wasn't about feeding the people in the community, not about doing for self no more. Uh, people with wow. this saying, this saying third, but with non-black women, you know, you got a little thing just a black woman, but you're saying you is pro-black, you know, or, or even the people that deal with black women, but then they run it through them. You know, you, you know, you're trying to go from girl to girl, and you're doing a whoremongering thing. And to me, I'm like, well, that's the same old stuff that any other niggas do. You know, what, what, you know, it's just like to me, it, it, it's so much uh, diversion, and there's so much, uh, you know, like the, you know, it's it's no standard. It's like the bar. Is, well, well, let me let me let me say this, brother. Let me let me, let me say this. First of all, um, our chairman is on, but I'm going to be brief. Um, we do have a moral. Uh, we do have morals clauses. We do have a platform. We do have, uh, as a matter of fact, I think the People's Black Panther Party, we are the only ones that has, uh, uh, we have, um, it is about about sexism. We have a policy on sexism in the party, which means that it goes both ways. You know how brothers, all of the things that you were talking about, the sisters that do the same thing, going asking the different brothers for money, going asking the different sisters for for, money, for, for money, oh, can I come to your house and I'm going to visit you and I'm going to visit you and I'm going to have all these people. We have something that actually address that. And I, as I said, I believe that we are the only ones that have, that, that have adopted that as a, part of our, um, as a part of our platform. But true indeed, there is a platform. But you know something, brother? The ones that you're talking about, they're not following it. And the ones who are above them are not going to say anything because they're not following either. But what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to turn you over to our chairman. Brother Chairman, are you on? <clears throat> Mike Power, I am. And those are some good concerns, concerns, brother. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, sir. Okay. Those, yeah, those are some valid concerns, man. It's a good point. And I think that it points out to who you were speaking to was Dr. Justice. She's our National Minister of Law and Justice that not only addresses the um, policies and procedures and laws that govern the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, but also looks into policy procedures and laws 
from the state that govern the African people as a whole and those that we can enact for ourselves. And one of the things that she has suggested amongst all organizations of the black movement is a black nationalist or a black Congress, a black council, with delegates from all the movements to begin to discuss a real movement constitution that speaks to structure and guidelines within the movement. It doesn't have to speak to the particulars. We're not saying that the law, Section A, Article B, 1, and Title 2, you can't eat pork. We're not addressing the major dietary habits of people, but we're talking about a basic, like what you were saying, moral and ethical code of conduct that says if you're in the movement or saying that you're participating in black nationalism, see, we have a right to defy these things. We have to get out of this, oh, feel-good movement, let anybody be what they want to be. No, if it's our movement, if we're professing black nationalism, pan-Africanism, those things that empower African people here in America, we have a right to control those things. People's Black Panther Party, 3D principle and philosophy, defy, develop, and defend. So we have a right to defy this black nationalism, develop the components and institutions that promote this black nationalism, and defend it. And defending is coming up with those guidelines and structures and that code of conduct that exposes these uh, deviants, provocateurs, all productive agents of stagnation. Uh-huh. It exposes them. And not only exposes them, but has a method or penalties that uh, actually works as a deterrent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is for lack of a better word. For this type of behavior. So, you're yeah. absolutely... The, the, yeah, go ahead, brother. No, I, I, that's all. You know, I, like I said, I, I just... Because it's like, you know, you want to be a part of something and you want... You know, you want to see the people progress, but it's like, man, it, you look and then you, you know, you in these circles, and all the younger people, not more so the older people, that, but the younger people around my age and lower, you know, they taking part in the same stuff that's keeping us in the, you know, in destruction. Yeah. That's all I just was asking. I, I, I appreciate Absolutely. y'all taking my call. Absolutely, brother. You know, um. And you can mute the brother's mic, Sister Justice. Absolutely. This is one of the things that I love, and I didn't even get to reach out to my national minister of politics, Brother Light. You know, I love the brother's contributions, his energy, being a student at um, um, New York City College, having that youthful viewpoint, that understanding, that connection with him. Because regardless of what, that message has to be brought to those people. And that's for you, and I need to give you my email, which ah, I wish I had the email or my number. I'm not even prepared for that. But to look us up, you can check me out on because I don't have it. I think your XO is on, sir. If my XO is I want him to shout that out. Because key to that, 
people. It may not be an abundance, or it may not be a lot of people, brother, that you're working with at that time, but finding that core, what they call that cadre, finding that core group of people who believe as you believe and willing to dedicate and commit as you are and have to share that same common vision. Sometimes just that can be encouraging and motivating and enough support for you to begin to where you at. See, we act as your battery pack. Check us out. People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. We will act as that battery pack and act as that battery pack to get you out there that when you begin to speak to those people in your circle, maybe it may catch like that. Because the I find your age group are coming from that young, and I think a lot of times when the elders say young people, they really have this thing in their mind, young people. But I don't see young people the way a lot of my mentors see young people. See, because they're older, so they already have that preconceived, you know, of what young people should be, of how they used to behave. I come from a different area of young people, so when I see young people, you say, what, Sister Justice? I was going to give you the number, sir, uh, give the gentleman the number where he could contact us as well as, um, I don't know what city, I don't know what city he's in, but uh, would, you, would you like me to get a number, sir? Please. The number is one eight 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 five nine five seven two seven seven. Again, you can contact the People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination at one eight 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 five nine five seven two seven seven. Black power. Black power. All powers to oppress people. So we're looking at the generation when we're talking about young people. So I come from a generation where young people was baby mama, baby daddy. We're looking at this phenomenon. We're not talking about young people with playground uh, scuffs and scuffles, shoving matches. We're talking about young fathers and young mothers facing the reality and harshnesses of life, bills, where to live. Some are still living with their parents. How to juggle finances, how to juggle no finances, government aid and assistance, crime, effects. All these realities that affect our people, the black nationalism, it has to stop. It has become, with this information age, a intellectual masturbation circle. Everybody's jacking on their muscle dick. Excuse my my vulgarity, but just being real, everybody's masturbating their mental muscle to see who knows what and, uh, and, and, and who has, you know, can say it the best, I guess, who can memorize the most. A lot of masses go neglected, and the message that we're spitting doesn't address their everyday needs and everyday issues. I talk to you, brothers and sisters, different because we're revolutionaries. Then when I'm in the field and in the trenches with my brothers and sisters who are actually going through it, how does that black nationalism, how does this black empowerment talk, how that black shit, like they like to call it, how does that affect my life? How will it better it? I got babies. I got a baby mom. I got two or three of those. I can't find a job. I got a pistol. And these niggas got money. And I'm finna go get it. Yeah, yeah, they look like me. Yeah, yeah, but I got to eat. I got to. So what are the institutions begin to develop to be able to sit these minds down and teach conflict resolution? And at what age does your institution address 
the real practical needs of the age group. I'm reminded of one of the classes that Minister Justice taught to the Liberating Young Minds program was a basic hygiene class and how to wash your clothes. In the in the was it a wash bucket, Minister? Yeah, but we we were in the bathroom, so we didn't need the wash bucket. But yeah, yeah, that's what we did. Okay. Uh, in the bathroom, uh, we, basic. Yes, yeah, life skills training. Life skills training, things that affect them directly and can be used. The many days they may have to go to school, their undergarments not clean, waiting on mama to wash, the stress on mama, she don't have money to wash, but they can get in there and wash themselves, clean out their undergarments themselves, hang them to dry, have clean underwear and socks or whatever particular thing to wear to school, alleviation life skills. Self-sufficiency, realistic stuff, taught by the Panthers, loving you, teaching you how to love you because we love you, we love African, we love black. We never want you to be in a, a quandary, to be stuck. This is how you wash your drawers, bro. They ain't nothing going to hold you back even now to washing your underclothes. So until they see the black nationalism on that level, the reality, the realness of it, the effectiveness of it. We can't possibly begin to think they will grasp the complexities. They ain't enjoy the simplicities. We want them to address the complexities, the construct of the white supremacist power structure that's there to keep the black man repressed and suppressed economically. And I mean, come on, man. So it's up to those great revolutionary minds to come and to make it, put it in a message that will move the masses. That's the movement. Not in the few intellectual revolutionaries. The revolutionary job is to be the spark plug and engine that moves the masses. The movement is not that individual revolutionary. As bad as Malcolm was, Malcolm was bad. That's my boy. He was not the black movement. Who was the black movement? Brothers of Brother Johnson. <laughs> it was the brothers with Malcolm. As bad as Huey was, he looks tough. Brother looked like Pancho Villa. He's standing there with his bandolier on, his shotgun share, got his shotgun, beret cocked. Huey got his little 350. I don't know what that is in his shoulder holster. I mean, Bobby, they should have looking mean. Tough. And as bad as that looks, they were not the movement. Components, aspects of the movement, heroes, very sto- stoic figures. I mean, yo. But they were not the movement. They were inspirers of those. Um, they were the inspired masses to get up and to begin to do for self, to move for themselves. And that's what the revolutionary does. And they take this knowledge that we're supposed to be learning or that we are learning from the Internet, and we take it and how do we make it in such a language that is digestible to the masses that will galvanize them and cause them to move. How do we do that? Begins to be the question But in order for us to do that We have to know what it is What is the movement 
it has to be become more defined because we find, like we talk about the resurgence of the black power movement through Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad, but in its resurgence after he died and um, was no longer that buffer for foolishness and buffoonery in the movement like the brother was talking about. Because, listen, I was there when if a sister, let me tell you something, complained the brother of Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad, they say he didn't play. You know, I'm from Cleveland. He spent a lot of time in Cleveland. I was privy to be blessed to be in a lot of backroom sessions. It was up there with Gina May. Gina May was birthed in Cleveland. Check the history records. So Dr. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad spent a lot of time in Cleveland. And, it was, and as bad as he was, I knew he wasn't the resurgence of the black movement. I could call out the brothers that was with Dr. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad in Cleveland, and they was bad in Cleveland on their own. But bad tracks bad, man. Revolutionaries attract revolutionaries. It's only natural for all the head honchos, the big hitters, those uh, those champions of black manhood and black womanhood, of Africans here in America, or Africans here going through the American experience. It was only natural that they would come together at the top, forming some gigantic super type structure, transforming into just this gigantic black champion. They called down ancestral energy. They called down black energy like you wouldn't believe. And then in the process of that, look what was birthed, something called Gina May, in the place of Thanksgiving. Thank the ancestors and the African energies and spirits who blessed with this type of genius to a man to bring us that. So this is what we talk about movements. Movements must begin to fuel that. They must begin to uh, fuel that type of. I'm sorry, I thought someone had their hand up. They must begin to be able to fuel that type of not just brain activity, but actual actions. So the question was, what is the movement? I hope from thinking of us, what the question being, what is the movement that we walk away thinking? How can we contribute to the movement? And not only what is the movement, what direction? Do we want this movement to go in? And so that movement begins within us. That you, that individual that is a part of the overall black collective, you. It begins and starts in you. And with that understanding, when you begin to Understand that you begin a, a part of that, you begin to be humble and feel yourself a part of the collective, a part of the all. And how does it start with you? Something as simple, you want to know where the movement's going? Find out the black organizations in your community. When you feel like you're a part of the all, you learn a thing called scientific empathy. Scientific empathy. What is scientific empathy? It is going, it is listening, whether it be religion, without preconceived on your ideology or your theology. Like I'm saying, as a Muslim, when you go study Christianity, don't study it from a Muslim perspective. Study it from somebody that doesn't have religion, or even better yet, someone that's looking to be converted. Study it from that perspective. Okay, convert, convince me. 
that this is the truth. Scientific scientific empathy. So I say use that in the black movement. If you're by yourself alone, go to another organization meeting, a black organization meeting, but go in with a clear mind to really hear the message. And you'll hear what they're contributing to the so-called movement. And if you agree with it, if you don't agree with it, you walk away from it. Yo, don't agree with it. But if you hear something that will mostly something, a common ground, because you're listening from scientific empathy, you're not listening with judgmental ears, you're listening with ears of African love and listening for the yearning and the desire of African unity, the really longing for the coming together of African people. You're listening from this perspective, and you just may hear that nugget, that little seed of commonality between the two, and you begin to develop a relationship. Hey, you know, listen, I don't agree with everything you say. I ain't a black Muslim. I ain't with that, none of that. But I like the fact you got community basketball team. Can I help out? Yo, listen, I ain't with the heap. I ain't with the hotel. Yo, I'm not with the pyramids. I ain't with none of that. But I heard you got a community patrol. Yo, can I walk with y'all brothers? Finding that commonality and being real enough and man enough to say it and being man enough to understand and real enough to understand to accept it. Yo, Yanga, I ain't with none of that. You're talking none of that, bro. Nothing at all. But you do X, Y, and Z, and I would love to help out because I do love African people. Then we find that common ground, and from there you begin begin to network and build, and you find common ground with somebody else, and you just don't sit on it. Don't get the capitalist mind looking for a way to get ahead. This is my little network. If you got a network, you got somebody you rocking with, and you will introduce to a business to let then begin to build that collective thought process. If they belong, if that person says they're working for the community. I work for the black community. And that's your network, that's your connect. How are you not going to introduce your connect to black community? It's my connect. If y'all rocking, I don't know. So begin to build these networks, and from that, you can sit together, come together, and say, hey, we should begin to formulate in our area a local council of black empowerment, black nationalism, to set a guideline, to set a place where sisters, our brothers, those being abused, those being misused, those being played on, pimped, abandoned, swindled, manhandled, or mishandled, can come to and lodge a formal complaint, and we as a council can inform the rest of the black nationalist community, and with such people, men and women, with such high moral standing and integrity, and... um influence, affluence in the community that our world has a say and people listen and we put the being on your ass, we put the warning on your ass, we inform the community on your ass, you will feel it. But we first need to come together and find the common ground that we do agree on and we can work together on and then after working together in some of those areas <laughs> whether it's something like a community garden something where the people can see some tangible proof of cooperation, of unity, of actual work 
the fruits of some type of labor, then they're more inclined to listen and pay attention and take you serious. This is what we hope for, and then from that model, if that model is produced correctly, if that model is produced correctly, then we can emulate that model nationally. But it first takes us to what we say, the three Ds, philosophy and principle of the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination, define, develop, and defend. It must, we have to begin. We started with the defy. I'm challenging us. Define it in yourself. Define what the movement is. Then begin to develop that. Develop it, even if it's by yourself. You don't need a large organization. You just need to be active. Go somewhere. Participate in the movement and be that beacon of hope. Be that one of integrity and morals. Ethics, be that one. And I am a believer in the law of attraction. What you put out there, you will attract. If you are that, then you will begin to draw that. And that, once you draw that from within the movement, that light will emulate that, that, that vibration will begin to magnetize and begin to draw those people who never looked at the movement in that way, begin to see the likes of people like yourself and begin to draw to it and then be back into the swing of being African again. Like you said, brother, like the brother was saying, it all seems like one gimmick. It's the same thing that the niggas are doing. What's the difference? And the difference is we have let the standard erode. We have allowed liberalism to come into the movement and for us to take on the attitude that anything goes, anybody can be anything. No, you have a right to set the standards to your particular movement if the masses are saying this is what it is. You have the right to be that uh, standard, the standard bearer. You have that right, and we must take back that right. Brothers and sisters, we must take back that right. Listen, like always, I'm winding down on my time. Minister Justice, did you want to say anything before I shut it down and close it out? Well, uh, all I want to say was that I appreciate uh, all the individuals that do come on at such very short notice. Um, I don't know sometimes whether we should put it out short notice or put it out uh, long notice because folks do forget. But when we do come on with our theology and we own a lot more, I think that will uh, make, a, make a, a big difference. But you do have a very large problem here, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Minister. Go ahead. Regarding regarding the brother, you know, like I really hate to hear things like that. It really upsets me because I know the people. I've been in this thing 20 years, and I know the people who 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 are who are guilty of these very same things. And you know what what the, what the real deal is? They don't care as long as they push in their own agenda. And see, it ain't about your own agenda. It's about that platform. And what you do is you start asking them for their, you start asking them uh, what does the manual say about this? What does the manual say about that? And that's when you go, that's when they're not going to want to talk to you because they know that they're not going by what that manual says. And black power to all those 
who are oppressed and all those, because that's a form of oppression, you know, uh, great power to all those who are oppressed. And I'll turn it back over to you, Brother Chairman. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's absolutely right, man, the manual. But listen, man, we do want to thank everyone for calling in. You know, invite someone sometimes. This is an opportunity for for them to rap, to get what they have to say off. I thank everyone who took the time to spend it with me this Tuesday to share with me, those listening in. Um, and as always, man, love you. This is your brother, National Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Uh, and I leave you with the way that I greet you, with all powers to oppress people, African power to African people, and black power. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front My face on the front page, only if I had one gun One girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things His son did pure, like a cup of virgin blood Mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit Mad violence, who I'm gon' body this hood politics Acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us One knee I duck, could it be my time is up With my love, I got up The cops shot again, bust stop glass burst A fiend drops a Heineken Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out, I shoot back Fuck getting hit, this is my hood I'm a rat to the death of it To everybody, come on, little niggas It's grown, hood rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon Sent from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase, a street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience Leaving victims with doctors If you really think 